Hello, and welcome to the Power Your Advice podcast. The Power Your Advice podcast is designed to bring you new ideas, why those ideas should be considered, and how to implement them into your businesses. The podcast is brought to you by iris.xyz, the most helpful place advisors can come to to grow their minds and businesses. This is Doug Heikinen. And we're going to do something a little different this time, as I'm going to turn over the reins to the president of Adhesion Wealth, Barrett Ayers, who has two guests of his own to talk about the advisor landscape in terms of movement, independence, and the drivers of both. Barrett, take it away. That's great. Thanks, Doug. Appreciate it. Uh, and thanks, everybody, for joining us today. I really think folks are going to enjoy the special session we have planned for today. Uh, first off, as Doug mentioned, my name is Barrett Ayers, and I'm the president of Adhesion Wealth. Today, I have a really uh, exciting, unique privilege facilitating one of what I think is one of the more interesting and timely topics based on our industry with two leading experts on the topic. So specifically today, we're going to talk about discussing breakaway trends and advisor transition secrets. And we're being joined today by Jim Dixon of Sanctuary Wealth and Lewis Diamond of Diamond Consultings. So I'm going to take a second and just introduce our panel, then we're going to jump right into it. So first, Lewis Diamond is a principal over at Diamond Consulting and off-sited in the media, recognized as an expert in providing advice for firms going independent. He's guided many of the top firms and teams in the industry as they've transitioned to another employee model firm or launched independent RIA firms. We're excited to have Lewis and uh, his unique perspective on the call today. And then next, we get Jim Dixon, who's the CEO of Sanctuary Wealth. Jim is not only a founding member of Sanctuary, He's also the owner of the vision behind what Sanctuary Wealth represents in the industry, an innovative, partnered, independence network for elite advisors. Like Lewis, Jim is well-known as a respected thought leader and a highly sought-after speaker. He's recognized for his insights on delivering growth in the wealth management space, and we're exceedingly fortunate to have Jim on our call today to share his unique perspective. So, as I mentioned before, the format today call is going to be a kind of a rapid-fire Q&A session. I'm going to ask a handful of questions to both Lewis and Jim. We're going to spend a couple minutes each kind of taking their perspective on it, and we're going to dive right in. So, let's go ahead and get started. So, I'm going to start off with uh, Lewis, if that's okay. Lewis, obviously a unique time in the history of the industry. What, do you, what are some of the trends that you're seeing starting to form and uh, outline the advisor movement pace uh, during this pandemic? Yeah, absolutely. First off, uh, Doug, thank you very much for hosting today and Barrett for inviting me on as a guest. An honor to be here, especially sharing the mic with Jim Dixon, who has some of his own uh, exciting news today. Um, so to answer your question, We've seen that the advisor movement has actually accelerated during the pandemic. The first month or so of lockdown, so say mid-March to even middle of April, was definitely a stopping point for advisor recruitment as advisors were just worried about their clients and making sure their families were okay. But since then, it's been a roller coaster ride and mostly just in terms of number of advisors moving number of new conversations we're having and people that are committing to leaving. We're actually seeing a pretty even mix between advisors um, or advisor clients going independent and going to other traditional employee model firms, firms like uh, Morgan Stanley or even like a Rockefeller or First Republic. But we're definitely seeing, I think, some renewed momentum toward independence. Advisors just have more time to be at home and self-reflect. They're not traveling for personal life or business and are able to be a little bit more efficient and working from home. So I think overall can spend time on the business rather than in it. And also seeing that during the pandemic, 
the major firms have once again tried to take away more freedom and control from the advisors, whether through pushing their, their compensation plan changes ahead, some of the limitations of remote work environment, and also many advisors realizing that they're paying more than 50 cents on the dollar to be at a firm. And a big part of that is real estate and uh, some of the professionals you have access to, but are realizing that maybe they don't need it, that they've, they're much more comfortable working from home. They like the freedom, like the autonomy. So all of that coupled with the great work that companies like gyms are, are doing and really helping advisors makes it for a really perfect storm for advisor movement to continue. So Jim, what are your, uh, what are your perspectives on the same topic? The advisors going independent, is it speeding up, slowing down, any other trends that, you, that you're seeing? My, my, my thoughts are, are similar, Barry, to, to Lewis's, uh, not surprisingly. It's on fire. That sounds crazy to say at a time like this with the pandemic. But like Lewis said, I think we saw it slow down for about two weeks and then it's just sped up. In fact, our team has had a hard time keeping up uh, with, with the demand. And, and you know, I, I think Lewis made a great point and it's it's, it's one of the things that, that our prospects are talking to us about daily is, you know, in, in that wirehouse employee model, it, it's taxation without representation, right? I mean, you're taxed on everything. And, and a lot of advisors are realizing, why am I taxed on everything? I don't use that. I don't want to use it. It's not best of class. And so in the independent model and the model that, that we try to build every day is, you know what, we're going to let you choose what you need. We can build that a la carte. And when you build it a la carte, you know, I think number one, you build it better because the pieces that you build for your firm are customized and, and best of class fintech that aren't dummy down solutions like adhesion as an example. But you also see the ability, you know, just to, 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 to be on your front foot and play offense. And so when we talk to these teams and we talk about what they can have in the independent space, they're not giving up anything in technology. They're, they're actually gaining, but yet they're getting a lot more freedom and flexibility. And so when you put those two things together and they're sitting at home going, you know, did I really need that really big real estate? And they're answering themselves no. And so a lot of interest in, in, in independence. And, and I think what you're seeing now is bigger and bigger teams are starting to look at it because they realize that I'm actually gaining something, not losing something. Yeah, that's fascinating. I mean, from, from Adhesion's perspective, we see that we talk to folks all the time. And, you know, I'm wondering if the pandemic, which obviously is a short-term shakeup and disruption, maybe a permanent you know, more than an anomaly, it may be more of a permanent uh, change of perspective on the way advisors think about their business. There may be no, no going back to the old taxation with that representation model now that folks know what's on the other side. So this may be a, a slippery slope of the, the new trend of business to come, which obviously for us is, is pretty exciting. In fact, to that point, let me ask, Louis, let me go back to you again. So you talk to advisors all the time and kind of given the backdrop, what do you think are some of the better reasons for advisors to break away? And maybe what are some of the bad reasons? And I'm sure there's probably just as many bad as there are good, if not more. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've heard an analogy that I liked a lot um, for reasons why advisors might look to make a change at all. And it's the analogy brings in a compass. So there's the inward pointing compass, which means issues that are more personal or really just affect the advisor. And then the outward pointing compass. So issues that impact their team and their clients. So I don't think there's necessarily a bad reason um, to go independent because at the end of the day, it's an advisor's business and it's his decision. But I would say the more popular reasons that we see teams leave 
Number one is just control, is wanting to have control over their marketing, owning their own business, creating enterprise value, control over what technology to use, control over what custodians and what lenders they have access to, control over compliance. Um, The list goes on and on. At the end of the day, most wirehouse advisors that are leaving these days, they feel like they're already running their own business, but with within the confines of a wirehouse. The challenge is as they're looking to create their own unique service model and to keep adding value to their clients, their firms are making it much more difficult. They're taking away levels of control. They're trying to standardize the way advisors practice and through compliance and the idea of the lowest common denominator, are making it so someone who's been in the business for 30 years, who's generating a couple million bucks, is treated the exact same way as a trainee. And that's some of the friction we're seeing. Some mm-hmm. of the, as to go back to my analogy, the inward uh, pointing items that we would see is definitely compensation. Many advisors go independent because they want control over their economics. They, they want to know exactly what their payout is um, or know how much they'll take home. And that the more revenue they bring in and the larger they grow, that the, their income will, will grow along with that. That's a big reason. Another kind of personal reason we would see is creating or building equity value. So figuring out how much their business is worth and understanding the levers to increase the profitability and the subsequent valuation. So doing things like recruitment and, and acquisitions um, in order to bolster the, the revenue base um, and also just to grow the value of the company would be a big reason. I would say the maybe the the two bad reasons that there would be for someone going independent is one, they're just running away from something, that they're just so fed up with their firm that they just go independent because they've kind of had enough. I think there's a, many, many more reasons at play. And you can, for, for instance, go to Stiefel or Raymond James and get more control. And But still, you have to be very thoughtful about going independent because it's a lot of work. The other reason is when it's completely based upon the economics, sure, the math has to work. And if you grow and you transition properly, the economics are great for going independent, but it's definitely not the only reason because there are still give ups when a team launches their independent business and decides not to take a check from a major firm or even just staying because sometimes staying is easier. Totally makes sense. Jim, what's your perspective? Obviously in your many conversations with advisors, you're hearing good reasons and you're probably hearing some of the, the, the not so great reasons. What, what is your perspective on that? You know, I, I think it's, it goes back to that old, that old proverb, right? Know thyself. And, and we talk to teams about that all the time. And, and I think, you know, at Sanctuary Wealth, we tried to create what we call partnered independence, right? And, and that's independence where we're going we're gonna to do the back office, the middle office, the front office, and allow you to focus on your clients. And I think people really appreciate that. And they really, you know, have, have, have drawn to that. But there are some people, right, that they want control of everything, right? They, they want to control the, the compliance, the tech stack. And, and those, those, those advisors, there might be a better model. But I think what's happened, Barrett, is, you know, over the last two or three years, there's, there's, there's been different models of independence. And that, 
that growth of the independent channel has allowed a lot more people to find their right version of independence. And it was always our belief at Sanctuary that that if we build it, you know, that 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 there were a lot of people that wanted to spend time with their clients and they wanted to market differently and they wanted the freedom and flexibility to really position themselves and have control on their practice, as Lewis talked about, but they didn't want to do the compliance. They didn't understand or want to understand the details of technology and they didn't want to build the platform because that takes a lot of work. But what I think they really wanted was to sit across the table from their client and say, Mr. and Mrs. Client, I'm here today to, to show you a smorgasbord of solutions of which none I have manufactured, right? Because today, oftentimes the solutions that they provide are, are manufactured by the large banks that they work for. And I think that that introduces some, some conflict. And so I think the reasons people are doing this is because they, they've got more and better solutions to provide. And there's enough flavors of independence that they can find the right ones for them. But like Lewis said, there are people that say, you know what? I, I, I just don't want that. I want to come in every day and I want everything to be done for me. And, and I'll give up some control to do that. But as you look at sort of the tide, I think it's moving much more towards the independent because there, there, there's solutions in place that, that can make independence a lot easier and you're independent, but you're not alone. And I think that's really the fastest growing segment of the market right now and, and because it fits so many more people. Yeah, I'll tell you, I couldn't agree with you more. It's funny because I flash back to maybe seven, eight, ten years ago, and I think about the state of the transition breakaway business. And, you know, I think if I compare now versus then, I think we've matured a lot. I think firms like both of your firms have done a fantastic job in helping mature the industry to a point where it is today. I look back 10 years ago, and I remember talking to advisors who would go independent, and they were promised by a custodian or two who shall remain nameless, and they might suggest that, you know, hey, all you need to do is go independent and take this piece of technology, and you'll be fine. And, you know, that was a, setting them up for failure. And I think now with maturation around the different independent and affiliation models and the level of consultation that's available, I think advisors can really, uh, I think they can find themselves in a position of success. So I think we're in a much better spot. In fact, to that point, if you're, if you're thinking of yourself as an advisor, what, or an advisory firm, let's say, what should an advisory firm be doing to make themselves a little bit more appealing as a tuck-in or landing zone spot for a new wirehouse advisor who's thinking about this type of affiliation model? And I'm going to start with Jim on this one. Yeah, I think that's a great question, Jared. And I think the way you've got to think about it is, is, is almost the same way I answered the last question, which is know thyself, right? And so where we see it work really well is, is when people know what they want to do and where they add value, right? There are certain people that are great financial planners. There are certain people that are great investment managers. And then there are other people that are great business development. And so, you know, what we see is, is what do you want to do? And, and, and honestly, what we're seeing in the marketplace right now is a lot of advisors who are getting a little longer in their time and they really enjoy managing money and they really enjoy servicing a few of their top clients, but they'd like to bring on a partner firm or a younger partner to help do the rest of the business. And I think that's really a big part of, I know what Lewis does every day. And I feel like it's what we're doing more and more at Sanctuary is, you know, match.com, if you will where we're taking these different skill sets and, and as people get a little later in their career and they want to monetize or they want to work less or you know they, they want to develop a, a customized strategy to, to, to how to monetize the business, what's happening is 
they're, they're doing what they love and they're staying a little longer to do it, but they're finding somebody else who does the other parts of the business, whether that's the planning or whether that's the business development. And, and that's really sort of the essence of a team. And so what, what's happened in some solutions that we've worked in recently come together, you know, sort of as a, as a necessity to, to facilitate that senior advisor's wishes and then all of a sudden everything clicks together and what you've got is a growth machine. And I think one of the things that we're seeing is, is a lot of people as they exit the business are having their best years ever because they're doing what they're really good at and surrounding themselves with others who are really good at other things. And together they're like, wow. And then, then they're not sure they want to leave <laughs> because it's going so well. And so um, it's an interesting time, but I think you're seeing more and more senior advisors really focus on, okay, how do I want to spend my time in these last years and then finding solutions outside of that? Fantastic. Luce, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so echo everything that Jim said with a exclamation mark. But to me, when I'm personally evaluating the multitude of platforms and firms that are really all interested in the same thing, they all want to either acquire a business that they can take over one of quality, or they want to recruit advisors with a book of business. It's an incredibly, incredibly competitive marketplace companies like Sanctuary enter it seemingly every day. But to me, the four aspects that I look for in no particular order is support. So if we're talking about a wirehouse team, it's what are you gonna do to help them build their business prior to launching? And then what are you gonna do when they transition? And what are you gonna do while they're on your platform? Because many of these advisors, they wanna be independent, but they don't wanna do it alone, as Jim said. The second aspect is growth. If you can make a convincing case for why a firm or an advisor is going to grow faster with you than without you, it makes all the difference. Anyone who is, who is operating a platform or trying to recruit advisors, they're obviously taking a scrape of the advisor's revenue, and an advisor can likely always find a cheaper solution. They could even just do it themselves. So there has to be tangible ways you're going to help that advisor grow, whether it's through acquisitions, whether it's because you're going to take so much off their plate, they can focus more on the business. Maybe your firm has a referral agreement with one of the custodians or with CPAs. That's a critical component. And then the last two items would be capital. So one of the things that Jim and his firm have done, which I think has really set them apart, is providing upfront capital to someone transitioning. Even though wirehouse advisors going independent, they don't do this to get rich, at least in the onset. They are still leaving unvested deferred compensation on the table. They're turning down lucrative offers from other firms. So being able to have some sort of capital you're offering will set you apart. And then the last part is ownership. A lot of firms will look to recruit an advisor over and own the business outright, put non-competes and non-solicits on the business. But advisors are going independent. They want to own something. And if, especially if they're choosing to enter the independent channel while turning down a huge recruiting deal from another firm and even just doing it on their own, if you're going to provide them support and help them grow and give them capital, a really interesting component as well is letting them still own their book or having some sort of claim of ownership to your company, whether it's equity or profit sharing interest. Gotcha. Thanks. Hey, I'll tell you what, why don't we stick with you for a moment and let's let's look at from the other perspective, right? So we talked a little about how what a firm needs to do. Let's talk a little about challenges. I kind of alluded to this a moment ago. Let's talk about challenges that the wirehouse advisor can expect to face as they're going independent. And what might you consider to be some of the potential solution to those challenges? 
Yeah, that's a great question. So I would say one of the biggest challenges is just how am I going to find time to do this? There's so many decisions that go into going independent, whether it's finding real estate or coming up with a firm name or employee benefits or technology. There's probably a thousand decision points you have. So one of the big challenges is how do I find time to do this? And I just don't know what I don't know. So a solution would be a supported platform like, like Jim has built. The individual RA custodians, they, they help you get some of the way there, but they don't necessarily necessarily take you all the way there. So some of these supported platforms are great solutions. Other challenges is not wanting to do compliance. So if you're your own RIA, you're the chief compliance officer. Some love that because they have ultimate control. Others are going to sprint the other direction because it's the last thing they want to do. So joining an existing platform, so joining an RIA, joining a broker-dealer can alleviate some of that because that platform then becomes your outsourced uh, chief compliance officer. The third challenge I would say is on the investment side. SMAs are tend to be very expensive in the independent space because, I mean, the major firms for all the issues advisors have with them, they, they get manager pricing really, really skinny because of their scale. And many of their advisors are heavy SMA users. So they have a little bit more use than, than one standalone independent firm. The other thing on the investment side is access to certain technologies, whether it's UMA or even just having a single contract instead of needing to have individual, uh, basically going dual contract with managers, which many RAs have to do. So companies like Adhesion, like your company, Barrett, are extremely helpful to allowing independent advisors to go independent, give them some of the tools and resources that they're used to, but also make sure they can still run their investments the same way they're doing at their firm, but not have to double their cost to their client. Yep, fantastic. And Jim, I'll ask you a, the, similar, the same question, but maybe similarly stated. And let me frame this, this question up to you, Jim, a little bit different. I think first off, obviously there was some really interesting news that came out this morning, a really exciting announcement about Sanctuary. Maybe you could give us a little bit of a thumbnail into that. And then, you know, with that, maybe help us understand a bit more about how, you know, an advisor might be able to overcome some of the challenges with a firm like Sanctuary. But so give us a little backdrop into into the, the news this morning, and then maybe kind of your way of addressing some of these uh, challenges that advisors might face. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to, Barrett. Thank you. Yeah, today was a, a, a big day for, for Sanctuary Wealth. We uh, we concluded a capital raise and raised uh, $50 million today to further grow our platform and make investments. And we're really excited about that. You know, I think it speaks to what we talked about earlier that this the whole COVID-19 and the pandemic that we're dealing with has really sped up the whole movement towards independence. And I will tell you that, you know, as we looked at our pipeline and we looked at what was happening, that, that, that candidly, you know what, we needed more capital. And so we wanted to do that strategically. We wanted to do it with a long-term partner where we didn't have to change our business model, where we didn't have to change our business plan. We could keep digging to what we were doing. And so today we were, we were very excited. We're still waiting regulatory approval, but we announced today that we've raised $50 million so that we can continue to make investments, not only in our platform, but alongside our partner firms to, to grow and, and take advantage of what we think is really a once in a lifetime opportunity. I think Lewis, as he always does, said it really well, is most of the time advisors don't know what they don't know. And so what we try to do is, is 
put together what, what I often call a no surprises transition, right? So not everything's going to go smooth and not everything's certainly not going to be easy. It's a lot of work, but we want to take you through a process. And that process usually takes 60 to 90 days to walk you through the decisions and, and really allow you to, to, to think about everything you need to think about. Because what we've found, and, and we have had great success, our teams, 24 months after they leave the wirehouse, are averaging 114% of their assets and revenue. Um, so, so they're doing better than where they came from. And I think a lot of it goes through is no surprises, right? Whoever you are going to transition with, whenever you're going to do a transition, number one, I think you need to have an expert someone like Lewis to help you find the right fit. Because I think the reason that we do so well at Sanctuary is because we have the right fit. We have the people that want and appreciate what we offer. And so, and I think nobody does that better than than, than Diamond. But I, I think the most important part is then you gotta have a process, right? And you gotta have a plan and you gotta have the discipline to walk through that. And it's sort of like a personal trainer, Barrett. If you have someone that shows up with you every day and every week and then every month, you walk through that process in a way that you're prepared. And then the advisors that we know and we work with have great relationships. And we often say it's your job to get the client to say yes, and we'll take care of the rest. And I think that's what you want, right? You want a partner that's been there and done it before, done it with high quality teams that have high quality technology and high quality relationships so that you can just work on what you do best. And that's that client relationship and getting that client to, to, to trust and, and move into that business. And by the way, what we find our clients are super excited to make the move. They actually welcome it. They admire the teams for owning their own business and they're super supportive. And so I think if, as long as you've got that plan process and discipline, you're in a really good place. Well, that is a great way to wrap up this particular call. Really fantastic, guys. Enjoyed it. I am sure that our listeners thought uh, it was everything that we, we promised it would be. Plenty of food for thought. Very timely, very topical. And uh, also some really exciting news from Jim. Congratulations on that, by the way, Jim. So with that uh, as the backdrop, I'm going to go ahead and hand it over to Doug to uh, wrap up for us. Thanks, Barrett. And thank you, Jim and Lewis. That was really a great discussion. It's good to listen to smart people talking about important things happening in the industry. If you'd like to learn any more about our guests or their companies, you can find their links to their websites on the podcast landing page. For all of us here at Iris MediaWorks, I'm Doug Heikkinen. Thank you.